your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this Thursday afternoon episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Remember, we are doing, we are still doing, excuse me, um, Locked On NHL's top 50 players. The next release is going to be uh, tomorrow, actually, on Friday, September 3rd, uh, from 30 to 21. Then September 7th, right after Labor Day, we'll get 20 to 11. And then September 10th, Next week, that will be next Friday, I think, we will get the top 10 players that are currently in the NHL as voted on by all of the Locked On hosts. So continue to check the Locked On NHL's Twitter account to see who made the cut for the Locked On NHL's top 50. And with that, again, I welcome you to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. We actually do have a little bit of news with the Penguins. So uh, the team has just signed uh, Louis Dominique to a one-year contract. I I obviously do not put the position in there when I said it. Um, Of course, he is a goaltender. He has been in the league for so many years now. It is a two-way contract that carries a value of 750K at the NHL level, which is basically, I think, uh, the league minimum. Um, I have the email right here from the Pittsburgh Penguins. So he was with the Flames last year. He spent uh, time with Calgary, but also with their American Hockey League team. That's the Stockton Heat. Um, He was also on their taxi squad, the Flames that is. He's played 140 games in the NHL over the last seven seasons with Arizona, Tampa, New Jersey, Vancouver, and Calgary. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that Dominique was the one who got owned by Sidney Crosby when he basically batted the puck in um, like a baseball bat for one of his many baseball goals. I think that happened, I want to say, four or five years ago. I think it was the game where Pittsburgh, I think, beat Arizona 6 or 7 nothing at PBG Paints Arena. But I'm pretty sure he was the goalie in that game, so uh, he just he got routed there. Um, he's 58 and 59 and 10. 3.05 goals against average, 904 save percentage, and two shutouts. Um, his best season came with the Tampa Bay Lightning. He went 21 and 5, including an 11 game winning streak, which was a team record at the time. Obviously, Andre Vasilevsky was able to break that record because uh, not only is, the, is he the best goaltender in the NHL, but Tampa Bay has been a juggernaut ever since then. But yes, I, I actually totally forgot about that, that he won 21 of 26 starts with the Lightning as Vasilevsky's backup out season. But as the email says, he's also played in Portland in the AHL, Springfield, Syracuse, Binghamton, and Stockton. Um, he's played in 103 career AHL games, 46 and 40 and 9, 903 save percentage, 2.93 goals against average. Digging in a little deeper here as I go to Money Puck, I always love looking at the advanced stats for um, goalies. I think in terms of analytics and hockey, these are some of my favorites. He only played in one game this past year with the Flames. Gave up uh, three goals, but his expected goals against was 1.55. Goal saved above expected, minus 1.4, so definitely not good. Goal saved above expected per 60, minus 1.45 for that. And then expected save percentage on unblocked shots, 961 in that game, so pretty decent. But still, I mean, this was... Uh, a one-game sample for the 2020-21 NHL season. Overall, I think my thoughts on this, it's fine. I mean, this is basically your third goalie. This is literally the Maxime Legacy signing. Because remember, he walked this past year. I'm like blanking on which team signed him. Let me actually Google that um, real quick to see who signed him. Signed him, excuse me. I just totally... 
Um, forgot about this. Um, he, oh, so he actually he joins the Lightning on a one-year, two-way deal. So he'll probably be the starter down for their farm team. Um, and I think that's what you're going to see with Louis Dominique as well. I think he's probably going to start in Wilkes-Barre this season. I think it's going to be – I don't know if it's a 1A, 1B situation with Philip Lindbergh. Remember the Penguins did sign him. He'll probably be reporting to Wilkes-Barre. Well, he'll be reporting to the Penguins for training camp and then in all likelihood will be sent down to Wilkes-Barre where he'll battle it out to start with Louis Dominique. If one of the goalies gets hurt, of course, that's Casey DeSmith or Tristan Jari. He will be the first one to be called up. And I think that's fine. I mean, you know, as long as he gives the team average goaltending, that's all they've needed. But, you know, that's honestly been hard to come by these last few years for whatever reason. But I really don't think it's anything more than that. It's just a depth signing. It's 750K. It's a two-way deal. He'll spend most of his time down in Wilkes-Barre if both goaltenders stay healthy. Um, maybe if they if the Penguins have the division locked up by the end of the regular season or if they've clinched a playoff spot and they can't move up or down a, any further in the conference, they'll call him up and he'll just start a game there. But you obviously hope that Tristan Jari and Casey DeSmith are able to do their jobs relatively well so that he doesn't come up and take both of their jobs considering the Penguins have invested so much uh, time and money into DeSmith and Jari uh, the last few seasons, especially Tristan Jari. I mean, they drafted him, what, six, seven years ago, and they've spent a lot of time and, of course, you know, that, that money with Jim Rutherford giving him that contract before he resigned. So they're going to give him every chance to take back the net this regular season and prove that what happened in the playoffs is not going to happen again. But I think that basically just sums up my thoughts on the signing. It's really nothing special, and you can really not have too much goalie dev, especially in today's NHL. Uh, we did see an old friend um, sign elsewhere yesterday. Jack Johnson signed to a professional tryout by the Colorado Avalanche, and as uh, Jay Fresh says on his Twitter, it's his favorite player in the whole wide world. His wins above replacement has gone down to 8%, even strength offense in the 12th percentile, even strength defense in the 27th percentile, PK percentage in the 9th percentile, uh, primary assist for 60 at 1%. Um, his goals for 60 and penalties is probably the best part of his uh, game at this point. 66% for taking penalties, 57% for actual goals for, and then, you know, quality of teammate, you know, quality of competition, 8% and 2%. He has just been so bad for so long. And, oh yeah, everyone, just thought I would remind you, the Penguins are still going to be paying him a little over a million dollars for the next five years. I saw some people saying this is like the Bobby Bonilla of hockey. No, the Bobby Bonilla of the NHL is up also in New York on Long Island as they will be paying Rick DiPietro. I don't even know what the salary is at this point. I think it's like a million until 2030-something, I, I want to say. It is... That was a horrific contract the day it was signed. It will always be a horrific contract um, until the end of time. And it's so funny. You look at the Avalanche defense, and it looks so good for the first two pairs. Devontae's and Kale McCarr, Sam Gerrard and Eric Johnson. But then you go to their bottom pair, Curtis, Curtis McDermott and Jack Johnson. Projected wins of our replacement, minus 1.8. Offense, minus 0.7. Defense, minus 0.9. The rest of them, their projected wins of our replacement for McCarr and Taves, 3.8 combined. Gerard and Johnson 1.7 uh, combined. So um, that is just a – I hope they play their third pair 20 minutes tonight. Obviously, I'm just joking. Um, but that's just – I don't really understand what Joe Sackick is doing there. I don't know why teams continue to give this guy a shot. I mean, I think the only conclusion that I can 
come to when it comes to his Penguins tenure was that Jim Rutherford was forcing Mike Sullivan to play him or he was just going to fire him. I, I honestly don't know what else to say when it comes to Johnson with that. Just because it, it seemed like Sullivan was going to take him out so many times only for him to just keep playing him. And it honestly just felt like Rutherford was forcing him to play him or he was just going to fire him because he thinks he knows better or something like that. But wanted to share that news as well in case you all had not seen that. We still have a lot more to get to uh, for today's episode. But before we do get into a, the next couple of things, we do have to touch on uh, bet online. It is that time of year again and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, bet online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. You can get all the latest updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor contest open now at BetOnline. You can head to the website or use a mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. You can make a bet on Thursday, September 9th, a week from today, between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football basketball boxing right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season that has been online your online sportsbook experts with the promo code locked on we also cannot forget about direct tv stream does this sound familiar to you all you've got one device that lets you catch the game live another that lets you stream your favorite shows you're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbors best friends login for the good stuff well i want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your tv together it's called direct tv stream and it brings your live tv and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place that means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy a another device ever again and the best part there's no annual contract so get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your tv together with direct tv stream you can learn more at directtv.com that's directtv.com compatible device required content varies by package all right so we're back here on this episode of the locked on penguins podcast i'm your host hunter hodes remember to follow me on twitter at hunter hodes follow this show's twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So I wanted to spend this segment talking about uh, Mark Friedman. I haven't really touched on him a lot on the podcast, honestly, I think in quite some time, but he definitely is going to be a factor going into this season. He's going to be given every chance to win that number six job in training camp. I think so. some people probably forget a little bit that I mean, he is Hextall's guy. I mean, this was the first move that he made after he became John Mandra. I know Jeff Carter was the first trade that he made, but his first actual move was bringing on Mark Freeman, claiming him off waivers. And he did not look bad um, this season while playing with the Penguins. If I pull up his um, hockey viz chart, and uh, don't get me wrong, I mean, this is a very small sample size when looking um, at what he did this season. Of course, I don't know why it's taking uh, forever to sign in here. Um, but if you look at his even strength offense, plus 4%, uh, plus 0 0.09 expected goals, 4 per 60, a whole blob of red in the high danger areas and in the left circle. Um, now, if we go to his isolated 5v5 impact, plus 3.5% expected goals for defensively, not as good, plus 3.7 expected goals again. So you want that 
um, to come down for sure. If I can now go to natural statric here to look at some of the other underlying numbers. Played in five total games over the regular season, 53 minutes at 5A5. Was on the ice for 50, close to 50% of the shot attempts. So, I mean, not terrible. Um, goals for, goals against, 6-4. to four. Um, expected goals for 2.36, expected goals against 1.85. So his numbers on natural stat trick are honestly not even that bad. His expected goals for on that, 56%. Scoring chances for 26, scoring chances against 24. High danger chances, he was on the ice for 54.1% of the high danger chances. And then for the actual high danger goals for, was on the ice for 80% of those 4-1. to one. So, again, this is going to be a player that's going to get a pretty long look, not only in training camp, but during the preseason as well. It wouldn't surprise me if he does get that number six job. Um, I would prefer it would go to Chad Ruedel. I think he's more deserving. I think he's better defensively. His underlying numbers prove that. But considering how much Hextall loves Freeman and how it looks like they were even considering protecting him in the expansion draft, um, it would not surprise me if he is the opening night starter next to whoever they're putting down on the bottom pairing. Well, you know whether that's Mike Matheson, whether that's Pierre Olivier Joseph, whether that's Marcus Pedersen or something like that. I mean, I'm sure they'll probably do Pedersen Marino on their second pairing and then put Matheson with whoever wins that number six job. But Freeman is going to get a lot of reps to try and win that job, and I would not be surprised if he did. You know, comparing this to um, Chad Ruedel's numbers from the regular season. And his were even better than Freeman's. He played 17 games for Pittsburgh. Um, and in those games at 5v5, was on the ice for almost 54% of the shot attempts. Um, going down the lineup a little bit here. 57.1% um, of the actual goals for. Um, his expected goals percentage was 55%. That's one of his best career marks. His best one actually came in 2018-19 at 57.3%. Scoring chances for, scoring chances against. Um, was on the ice for 55% of the scoring chances for 83 to 68. As for high danger, was on the ice for 60% of the high danger chances, 32 to 21. And then for high danger goals for, high danger goals against, um, five high danger goals for when Ruido was on the ice, four high danger goals against. So um, everything should point to Ruido getting this job. But again, I, I caution everyone, it, it would not surprise me in the slightest if Friedman gets this job. And I think some people do prefer Friedman because they think he's better offensively. He's younger. Chad hasn't shown much in the offensive side of the ice, even though he's good defensively. And I get that. But to me, I prefer someone who's better defensively, especially on that number six role, because you're not looking for someone to be so good offensively in your number six spot, right? You're looking for someone who is just not going to kill you as they get 12 to 13 minutes a night, maybe even 14 minutes a night. That's all you really want from your number six guy. Again, I know some people want more than that. They want more offense. You know, I think that's probably why some people dump on Marcus Pedersen is because he doesn't provide a lot of offense, even though his underlying numbers are really good throughout his career and he's a defensive first player. But, you know, that's why John Marino is on his pairing. And yes, I understand he didn't have a good sophomore season, but a lot of those minutes that he played with during that year were with Mike Matheson. And you all have heard me explain why that pairing does not work. So I'm not just going to rehash that here again. But I still think it makes more sense to have Ruido on that pairing because you can rely on Matheson for your offense if that is who wins that number five job, which, you know, in all likelihood, he probably will. And then I just want someone like Chad who is steady defensively, better than Freeman at least, and is just not going to kill you 
on a nightly basis. And again, Friedman's contract is also really good. Both of their contracts, I should say, they're basically the same, but I would prefer the, the player who is better defensively on that pairing, and I think Ruedel is that guy. That said, though, um, I do want to see more of Friedman. You know, this is basically, I think it's he's more of a project at this point. He only played in five games last year. You're probably not going to see a lot of Yusso Rico this season. He's been in Mike Sullivan's doghouse for quite some time now, I think. I don't, if four defensemen gets hurt, I think that's probably the only time you will see Yusso Rico in the lineup next season. I also would not be surprised to see him be traded before the start of the season, but also, what are you going to get back for him, I think, at this point? It's probably just a seventh-round pick or something like that, but this competition for the number six spot is going to be pretty interesting going into camp. I don't see them signing anyone else going into it just because there's really no one else out there for them to sign. Um, I, I know I think Taylor Haas of DK Pittsburgh Sports tweeted that Eric Goodranson makes sense disagree on that. I ended up reading that article. She made some good points, but it's just, he's been so bad for so many years now. Yes, I understand it fits what Hextall and Burke love, you know, some size, some toughness, but I mean, he should not be getting minutes over Chad Ruedel and Mark Freeman. I would I would 1,000% play Freeman over Goodbranson, and I wouldn't think twice about it. You know, we, we saw what happened the last time Goodbranson was here. His numbers weren't terrible, but over a full 82-game season, I'm just not willing to risk it because his numbers went back to the tank after he did leave Pittsburgh. But I um, wanted to spend my segment talking about Freeman and Ruedel and you know, my thoughts on the number six defenseman situation going into next season. We still have uh, some more to talk about coming up in the next segment, though before we do that, it's time to talk about everyone's favorite protein bar. I mean, I talk about this basically every day on the show. That is Built Bar. There is something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the flavors, well, you are missing out with coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, and my favorite, cookies and cream. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you get two of each of the nine flavors. Uh, Most of them have 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar and only four to five grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. You can go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. We also cannot forget about Rock Auto, why should you choose to spend 30%, 50%, and even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Uh, Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. The prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, mortal oil, and even new carpet. You can go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car truck, and you can write locked on in their high you here brought us box so they know we sent you amazing selection right below prices all the parts you ever need that is rockauto.com all right so we're back here on this episode of the locked on penguins podcast i'm your host hunter hodes follow me on twitter at hunter hodes follow the show's twitter at lo underscore penguins um going around the league a little bit there were some moves made yesterday that um do impact the penguins a little bit going into the next season the islanders announced a, a whole swath of signings, beginning with Casey Sezikis, they basically gave him the Brandon Tanev contract, and just to relate it to the Tanev contract, so this one was six years, 2.5 million per, Tanev was obviously six years, three and a half million per, and I'll never understand why GMs of teams give out that much term to bottom six players, and again, 
I loved when Brandon Tanev was here. Um, I didn't really care about the contract towards the end just because he was playing so well. But in the back of my mind, it, it always just comes to me. It's like, wow, you know, you're you're giving a, a bottom six player, especially a fourth liner, six years and for what? I mean, you're just going to buy him out towards the end of that contract or bury them in the minors. I understand that Sezikis is $2.5 million is basically nothing. I mean, he's the best player on that Islanders identity line in quotation marks or the best fourth line in hockey, bro, even though the Penguins' fourth line last year um, blew the Islanders one away. But I'll always never understand GMs doing that. I liked the Sorokin contract. He's going to be really good for many years to come. He's probably going to drive me and the entire Penguins fan base crazy, especially after what he did in the playoffs as he carried the Islanders that series win. And of course, you know, Tristan Jari helped out a bit as well. Kyle Palmieri got a four-year term and also a full no-trade clause during the first two years of that deal. Don't understand that one. He only had four points in 17 games to close out the regular season. I know Islanders fans came at me a little bit today for dumping on that signing, but it's like he also only shot 20% in the playoffs. Um, that's not going to be the norm going forward for you. I mean, I've always liked Palmieri as a player. It's actually always been someone I've wanted the Penguins to go after, but, you know, not at four years, five million per or something like that. That's just too much, I think, for him. Um, I know his career shooting percentage is around 12.4%, but as he gets older, he's already 30 right now. um, It's just going to get worse and worse, I think. Now, the Bavillier contract, that one's really good. He's one of their... uh, better, younger players, and they still have the Zach Parise contract assigned. I don't know what's holding that one up as well, but the Islanders, you know, they're going to be a pain in the ass again for the Penguins this season. I mean, there's really no debate with that. You've seen what they've done the previous two years with going to the Eastern Conference Final and being one win away from their first Stanley Cup Final um, in, what, 30 years basically at this point? I think it's longer than 30 years, but back since the mid-80s. And they're going to be a strong contender to not just make the playoffs, but win the Metropolitan Division as a whole. That said, they're basically bringing back the same squad they had last year. I just, I don't think they can stack up to a team like Tampa or Boston or some of the other teams in Atlantic, like Florida, or, you know, teams in the West, like Vegas, Colorado, etc. I will always die on the hill that the Penguins would have won that series, probably in five to six games, if they would have had a lot better goaltending than Tristan Jari, because all the underlying numbers in that six-game series favor the Penguins. But there really is no solving the Islanders in quotation marks for Pittsburgh next season. Um, they know how to beat them. It's just all about getting the proper goaltending. And I think if these two teams were to meet again in the playoffs next season, and there is a very high likelihood that that will happen again, if both team both teams make it, excuse me, I think Pittsburgh will come out on top, especially if Tristan Jari is playing at the level that we all have seen him play at in the past. I think that's it basically around the league. Well, Elliot Friedman actually just put this tweet out. Story coming shortly, but the NHL's COVID protocols were sent out today. A key detail is the mechanism for suspensions to unvaccinated players who cannot participate in team activities. It's on a per-day basis for as long as they are out. Basically, everyone, to all the players and everyone still, go get vaccinated. You know, We'll end this pandemic when everyone is fully vaccinated. I'm not going to go into a whole tirade and a full rant on and I've done that on my Twitter so many times but I think the key message that the NHL is probably sending to their players is get vaccinated because if you test positive for COVID and you're unvaccinated I don't think the league is going to feel too much sympathy I think might be the word for it because 
you have your opportunity to go get the two shots. And yes, I know you can still get COVID while being fully vaccinated, but your chances of actually contracting the virus after getting your two shots is a lot lower than someone who has not gotten the shots. I think Freeman will have the full story out in a few minutes. I'll retweet it on both the Locked On Penguins Twitter account and my Twitter account as well. Thank you all so much for listening to this one. I apologize for not getting one out on Wednesday. Um, I'm doing this last one uh, while in Cancun. This is my last off-season vacation before we are back uh, to start training camp. I'm really excited uh, that training camp is upon us. I think we're, what, two and a half weeks away from that starting up. Daily shows come back in 18 days, so keep it right here on Locked On Penguins. There's sure to be a lot of news around the league, and I'm sure around the team coming. I'll continue to do three shows a week until September 20th. So thank you all so much for listening to this one, and we'll do another one of these starting next week. Have a great weekend. Go watch college football. Go Hokies. And I hope you all have a safe and happy Labor Day weekend.